0: Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur podcast. I am your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Emmy Venner. Hey there, Emmy.
1: How's it going? Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. Pleasure. And where do you hail from, Emmy? So I'm originally from the Bronx, New York, um, but currently I'm residing um, in a small city outside of the Charlotte, North Carolina area.
0: Okay. Quite different part of the country. Right. Yeah. Okay, so, Emmy, I like to start this show just getting right into it. So why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: All right, so I am 27 years old. I currently work for a steamship line uh, called Maersk. Um, I I handle the Charleston imports and exports. coming from the South Carolina area. Um, When I'm not doing that, I also run a uh, women's owned and operated gaming organization called the Athena Alliance. Um, Currently we have about 500 uh, women that globally um, are in our group. And then I also am a women in game uh, WIGJ ambassador.
0: Fantastic. So you've got a lot going on. Now, before we get into that, I have a couple other questions I want to ask first, if that's all right. The yes. first question I always ask all of my guests, so if you happen to see any of my episodes, you'll have heard me say, the first question I ask all my guests is, <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how mm-hmm. weird are you, Emmy?
1: Grr, um, I'm finger guns weird. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're talking to me, you're like, hey, how you doing? I'm like... I'm that weird. That's the weird I am. I don't know what that would be numerically on the scale, but I'm finger guns weird. Is that? <laughs> I, that that's fascinating.
0: <laughs> do, do you actually consider that weird?
1: I don't know. I mean, a little. I don't know if you consider it weird, but like, uh, yeah, it's like a little. I mean, I guess it depends on like how weird are you talking, like. Like what's the I had what's the one, maximum I had amount
0: guess, of weird? I had one guest define it as if ten is cone on your head, kind of weird.
1: <laughs> like a dunce? I don't know if that's weird. Oh no, like, like traffic
0: like, cone, like going around. Oh, in the traffic
1: cone. oh, uh, no, I'm not traffic cone weird. Um, no, I'm gonna say I'm comfortable with finger guns weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so I know you've kind of given me your credentials a little bit, but this is the Gamerpreneur, so I do need your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games?
1: Um, when I was five years old. It was on the original PlayStation, and uh, Spyro the Perfect* the Purple Dragon was my very first game.
0: Beautiful. So you started with Spyro, and then where'd you go from there?
1: Uh, went a little bit backwards uh, towards the NES. Um, Of course, everyone's played, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers. And, you know, I went on to playing Galaga. At 12, I actually beat all 31 levels of Galaga. Like, I'm still super proud of that because I can't do it today. I can't do it so hard. Uh, But I did it back then, so I'm claiming it.
0: (laughs) Did you get a, a, your award for it?
1: <laughs> uh, you just beat the game. It uh, plays like a little scene and then, you know, urges you to play it again. Uh, they didn't really have that many you know, big accolades for, for Galaga back in the day. But, you know, I was proud of it. It was, you know, it was an adventure. <laughs> it's, um, it's a rough one.
0: I'll give you that.
1: <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, okay. I think, like going forward, though, I like um, a lot of RPGs, a lot of strategy and puzzle games.
0: Okay, and what do you play today?
1: Um, I p- end up playing um, quite a bit of Overwatch, just team based. Um, I also love BioWare's Mass Effect series. Can't say enough positive things about that series. Uh, didn't, you know, wasn't too partial to Andromeda. But some people just say we don't count that one.
0: (laughs) So it's all about Commander Shepard. So you're like, I'm Emmy Venner, and I approve this game.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) It's my favorite game on the Citadel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. So on that note, what is your favorite game of all time?
1: Uh, Probably Kingdom Hearts 2. Probably Kingdom Hearts 2. Love the gameplay. Love the story. Uh they had like a couple twists in there that you know still hold up to this day. Great game. Still still love Kingdom Hearts 2. So yeah, I'll that one on the PlayStation 2.
0: Yes. Okay, absolutely. Um now let's move over to the preneur part. So uh, you work for a steamboat company. That sounds awesome.
1: Did you say steamboat? Like a tugboat? No, it's not like a like a steamboat. They're like vessels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, enlighten me, please.
1: (laughs) All right, so um, Maersk was established in the 1800s um, by uh, A.P. Moeller, and they are responsible for transporting cargo. In some aspects, they actually used to transport people as well, Um, you know, from port to port globally. Um, Maersk is ranked number 250 in the fortune 500 um, so not the best but not the worst either well,
0: they're doing pretty um, good if they're in the 500
1: <laughs> they are they are doing pretty good if they're in the 500 that's that's and actually they are the largest steamship line in, in the world so not not to say that as a flex but
0: <laughs> okay so it was a matter of terminology I said boat when I sort of said ship that's not a yes. boat that's a ship okay it's a
1: ship mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, I it mean they happen a lot. Um so I handle the shipments that are going inland from um anywhere in the South Atlantic USA to the ports of Charleston. There are two ports, one is Wando, the other one is North Charleston Terminal. Um so I coordinate those moves going back and forth.
0: Okay, so um, for my point of reference, my parents were air traffic controllers. So it sounds like mm-hmm. you're a ship controller.
1: Uh, no, a ship controller would be someone who works in like cargo execution, <laughs> and they're the ones that you know plan the ships, and they're like, okay, guys, go there. I'm I'm more of that for trucks. Okay, so, so r- not exactly on the ocean side of things. I'm on the uh, over the road local side of things
0: very cool how did you get into this
1: uh it was 2018 and i was like i need a new job and someone said to me you know what you look like you should be in logistics and I was like, "That sounds great. Sure." <laughs> um, I had I did I had an interview um, with two people at this time. It was my old boss, um, Bob Sled, and uh, Jamie Dowdy, um, who was one of the only women on the floor at that time. And um, you know, he went through his basic questioning, and then I, you know of course presented myself and at the end I was like so what are you looking for in a candidate and he was like you
0: <laughs> I want I, I, want I you.
1: happen to be me <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh and then uh he walked me out and he was telling me about how he was because at that time I was um I want to say I was still yeah I was still hosting at a restaurant at that time as well I, I have like many jobs you'll hear me say I'm, I've been in a plethora of jobs, so don't mind me. But he was like, you know, I was a bartender before I did all this. And I was like, well, how did you end up here? Um, and he was like, just needed, just needed a new job. And honestly, a lot of people in logistics uh, don't think of logistics as being their first or their lifelong career and then it ends up being their lifelong career. Um I've met many a person that has said like, oh yeah, I wanted to be a teacher, or I wanted to be a nurse, or I wanted to be um an accountant. And I somehow ended up in logistics. So that's something you'll hear. <laughs> okay.
0: So for my viewers who don't know what logistics is, could you kind of give me like the the second grade definition?
1: Um, it is moving one bit of cargo from one area to another that's all logistics is fantastic that's it okay <laughs> do you like it I do like it I became kind of a port nerd and I started sneaking onto some ports um before COVID obviously um, I went up to Virginia to visit my friend at her at the naval base and I was like, you know what? They have some ports here in Virginia. Let me call them up and see if I could just come take a tour. And they let me in. So uh.
0: <laughs> I, I love it. Now, did you watch the wire beforehand to prepare for this job?
1: Um, you know, I did watch the wire. I didn't watch it to prepare for the job, <laughs> but I definitely did you know, watch this it. Ugly? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people like I'll say, "I'm in logistics, and they're like, "Oh, you're the plug, obviously so you can move some things for me and I'm like, "No, that's not that's not how that works. <laughs> At least that's not how it works in my department now. you know capacity of something else maybe.
0: maybe they can do that <laughs> okay, I am um, so part of my my goal for the show, and I, I really want to get to Athena Alliance like that's kind of where I want to go
1: that's
0: yeah. what yeah. I do um part of my goal is to show people that there are other like jobs out there they might be able to do. Maybe somebody's sitting at home where they're they're doing, you know, waiting on tables and they want something more. How do they get into like logistics? Or, you know, maybe not necessarily for a a steam company or a steamship company, somewhere else.
1: Um, I would say that having a great customer service background, regardless of the industry that you were in before, definitely can get you into the door. Um one of the women on my team before she worked with Marisk actually was a restaurant manager. So it's not like they're going it's not like a lot of um steamship lines will look at you and say like oh well you need to have this amount of schooling to get in. That's not necessarily true. Um a lot of them will officially say you need to at least have a degree. In my case I did. Um in the case of A few people I know, they didn't, uh, but the company worked with them so that they could achieve that while they had tenure with the company. So um, my advice to anyone, work on your customer service. That's it.
0: Fantastic. Um, That's funny you mentioned that. I mean, just a quick aside. I used to work customer service when I worked at Circuit City. And Mm -hmm. having done that for a while, I genuinely believe that if we really want to reform people in our prison systems, just make them work customer service for a year, and they'll be beautiful people afterwards yeah, for sure <laughs> for sure <laughs> okay, so Athena Alliance, please tell me what it is and what makes it so fantastic
1: the Athena Alliance um again it's a all female uh founded and operated gaming organization uh, based out of the Carolinas. So before COVID, we had two public events. Um, Each of our events were themed. And then what we would do is like, aside from the events, we would get together and say, hey, we're going to support this charity that empowers women at this time. And while the event was going on, we would raise awareness to that cause and also raise money for that cause. Um, so during our first quarter, we decided to support um, Combat Female Veterans, Family United. Um, that's an organization that takes women that have already served. And when they come back into the States, like it helps them reacclimate into society. Um, so when COVID hit that was shortly after our second event, so we I think out of our $500 pl- uh, dollar pledge to them, we only raised about 480, which we were close. We would have surpassed it with our third event, but that didn't come to pass. Um, when we started the Athena Alliance, it was only a group of about 80 women locally that you know even knew who we were. And um, our team was only myself, co-founder Eve and our graphic designer Ann and that was it we were holding the events on our own getting our setups out there um you know doing the marketing ourselves you know all of those things were things that we were just handling why did you decide to start it so back last May There was a gaming organization here called Quayobi and they started hosting women's gaming nights um, because most of the gaming events that would happen here locally would be like a tournament or it would be like kind of like a weekly scrim and most of those obviously attracted men only you may see like a woman there every now and again but it wasn't very common so this gaming organization said we're going to hold uh gaming nights specifically geared towards women so even i ended up reconnecting at one of their gaming nights it was actually their first gaming night um we and we went to high school together but we never we we kind of lost touch after high school So it was about 10 years without contact. And then we saw each other again at one of these women gaming nights. Um, The gentlemen took us aside and they were like, hey, did you like coming out here tonight? What would you change? What would you add? Um, And then afterwards, they were like, well, would you mind kind of working with us to plan the future gaming nights? And both of us agreed. At that time, I was just working for Maersk, um, and at that time, Eve was um, a kindergarten teacher. She also was um, a co-owner of a virtual reality um, company with her husband. So we would get together subsequent to that and talk about like, hey, you know, what games would women like? What themes should we do? Things like that. And over time it just grew to be something that became uh, much larger you know much more largely known in the area so um, we decided that we were gonna go ahead and start the Athena Alliance because we felt like we could do it ourselves
0: that's fantastic now where are you hoping to go in the next five years
1: <sighs> well
0: I'm your question right where do you see yourself in five years <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I'm actually working on establishing an LLC for the Athena Alliance right now. Um, in the next five years, um, I want to be paying my team. That's what I want to do in the next five years. Um, I would love to just uh, be able to pay this um, amazing team that I've somehow procured. and. Um, I don't, sometimes I I sometimes I shock myself cause I'm like, I don't know why these women have said, we'll work with you. We believe in your vision. We want to kind of like see where you go with things, but they have, so I want to do right by them.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Okay, you said you were part of another organization, Women in?
1: So Women in Games, Games. Okay. Um, is a uh, global organization. Um, Their initiative is to um, support upward advancement for women in the gaming industry. And by that, I mean women that are like developers, artists, coders, recruiters. Um, They wanna highlight those women. They want to um, give them more accessibility to better jobs in the industry. So I guess as a follow-up, you may ask yourself, well, how did I get involved with them? Because I am not technically in the gaming industry. Um, the answer is I just snuck into their forums and I listened. (laughs) 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 Um, the founder, David is actually, um, really sweet. Um, he's uh, located out in the UK and, um, one night I decided to fill out the application to be an ambassador and I believe that he just saw that um, I was there and I was willing to be present and to learn more and um, my mission too is to highlight women that um, play games and so I think he saw all of those things and the fact that I do uh, public and digital events And said that it would probably be a good fit for me to represent them. So I'm one out of over 200 women.
0: Wonderful! Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thanks. Okay, so what makes you special, Emmy? Like, how how is it you've gotten all these amazing things in your life? What skills do you have? What, what is it about you that sets you apart from everybody else? Cause there's lots of people out there, you know, hustling and trying to make things happen and they're, they're not pulling it off, but you clearly have.
1: I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly, um, I think a lot of people take it for granted, but networking is one of the most important skills one can learn ever. Um, you don't even have to be that smart. If you know how to network, you can end up in a lot of rooms that um, I guess the average person wouldn't end up in. Um, I I find a way of being present and also I find a way of retaining certain information. So um, like in my organization, I have women from all walks of life. I have um, female cops I have frontline employees, I have nurses. Um, one of the women is actually a burser for the US government. Um, I kind of keep that in my head. And if I notice that someone needs help, I can just direct them and say, well, you know what, this person probably would have the answer for you. Um, a big part of like what I have established is actually, retaining a mentorship program so um there are women in the org that are like very good technologically or they they stream so they have that knowledge or maybe they um engage in cosplay or maybe they're in it and they want to engage in conversation with other women that are similar to them but they would have never met otherwise Um, i have all of those channels available so that it's easy for them to get that information. So the group itself becomes a a resource for women. Um, And it's a supportive space because, you know, if we have, you know, something that would be beneficial to to another person, we always share that information or women feel free to ask a question and they don't have to feel like someone is going to um, belittle them. So it's a supportive and productive network. That's so
0: great. Oh, that's such a wonderful thing you've helped build. All right. Well, you're the founder, so I mean, you built it, but you have a (laughs) co-founder. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, If you could go back in time, and, and you haven't been doing this too long, only a couple of years, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you go back say like 5 years. You can go back and you could talk to to little Emmy. You go, "Little Emmy, this is what's going to happen to you over the next 5 years. But here's the one thing you need to know in order to make everything just bigger, better, faster. What would you say?"
1: Leave my mom's house. <laughs> it's so I know that's such a odd thing to say, but um at 23 uh, i was kicked out and i was homeless and if i go back 5 years from that i would would have been 22 at 22 i was in nursing school was very stressed i worked about 4 jobs um, and i didn't i didn't explore life or i didn't see that there were other things out there than what I was doing. So yeah, leave my mom's house. (laughs) That's all right. That
0: was the the advice I gave to my, my wife too. (laughs) (laughs) I actually got her out of the state. It was even better.
1: (laughs) Oh, That's even better. There you go.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, so Emmy, is it okay if I kind of get a little more personal uh, and humble you if possible? you see, I believe that we learn the most from life from the failures that occur to us or that we go through, you know, because when we get smacked in the face, we get knocked down. We have to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and then figure out, you know, what happened and then fix it to move forward. I want to ask, what is the biggest failure you've had in life and what did you learn from it?
1: Hmm. Biggest failure. Um, See, I, my failures, I think, I don't really even really consider them failures per se. Um, I feel like I'm going through my life's biggest failure if I was being quite transparent. Like, I feel like right now I'm going through my life's biggest failure. The reason is because um, I hadn't really been, myself lately with everything going on with COVID. And so I felt like my performance as a person went down significantly. And I spoke, I actually spoke to my manager today. Um, and he said to me the same way we're we're talking now, um, he was like, Emmy, you are you're usually the hero and you're not the hero right now. And I thought about that Um, cause it just like it kind of hit me. I was like, you know what? I'm used to being like that person that could just swoop in and see a situation and fix it. And I don't feel like I'm a fixer right now. I feel like I'm more of a a builder, if anything, but not necessarily like I'm fixing things. I'm just kind of moving the pieces along. So I'm probably going through that that moment right now. But I think that's okay because I'm, I know I'm going to come out a stronger person. I, I always do.
0: I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, normally on my, my list of questions I sent you, my follow-up question would be, what are you working to improve on in yourself today?
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um,
0: okay. How about this one? I, I like this question. I haven't asked this one in a long time. What is something that people misunderstand about you the first time they meet you?
1: Oh, um I've gotten where someone has, you know, some people think that I'm very standoffish or that I'm um bu- Is it okay to say bougie? Do you know what I bougie don't think is? A bad word. Some, I'm not going to believe so, it. Well, so well some people some people don't know what bougie is. So like, but some people think that I'm, you know, Bougie. Do you know what I mean when I say that though? I honestly do. I don't. <laughs> all right. You tell so, me afterwards. <laughs> uh bougie is like the shortened version of bourgeois. So they oh, think okay. that that's not bad at all. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, it's not I don't think I don't I don't, Fine. I, I don't I don't it's not like I don't think it's like inherently bad per se, but they just think that I I guess they think that I think that I'm better than them, and that's not necessarily true. I, I usually think the exact opposite. <laughs> but that's what, I guess that's what happens when I meet someone for the first time.
0: Uh, okay, I, I can understand, but but you know, if they're feeling that way, that's their problem, not yours. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this has been absolutely fantastic. How do people find you? How do they get to the Athena Alliance? Where's everything out in social media?
1: All right, uh, Facebook.com slash Athena CLT. Um, our Twitter is Alliance underscore um, Athena. Um, our Instagram is also Athena CLT. Um, our Twitch is the whole thing spelled out it's Athena Alliance CLT um we're building up our library right now um so i have a team of about 12 ladies that stream and they're going to be contributing to that library really soon so i'm excited because i can't wait to highlight them they're all amazing um and they honestly inspire me every day so please come and see us and um and support what we're what we're doing absolutely
0: all right now as we wrap it up is there anything else you still want to talk about or anything i didn't ask you think we still need to cover
1: um i mean i want to ask you how weird are you
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i've been asked this before on other podcasts because they're like oh we saw your show um i'm about a five you know having yeah so i'm not like white bread I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person. I have a weird sense of humor. I, I'm, I watch anime, which I have some of my guests come on. Like I watch anime, it makes me a 12.
1: <laughs> okay. I guess I'm a 12 too.
0: Cause <laughs> I, Um, I asked that question when I first started asking that question. It was just because I had it on my list. I'm like, so this would be a nice fun question to ask. But as I continued to ask it, I started to realize gamers think they're special. And I I don't know why that is, but gamers think they're weird just because they're gamers. And we have this eclectic (sighs) taste in whatever it is gamers have. But I mean, how many millions and millions and millions of people on this planet need to be gamers who like the same thing you do for you not to be weird anymore? So. Yeah.
1: I mean, the thing is, is that like, um, I get, you know, I get mostly positive reactions when people find out I'm a gamer but like there have been times where like i've been shamed for being a gamer or like you know someone will say like you you know you're pushing 30 like you're still playing games and it's like yeah i'm
0: watching binge watch netflix all day long
1: i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> right <laughs> i mean i i don't think it's i don't think it's weird i grew up with it um but then i remember at our first event um, and I should have told you this earlier, because it's a really good story. So our name is the Athena Alliance. A gentleman came who worked for city council. And he said, I came out because I saw you guys online. And my daughter's name is Athena. And so I wanted to kind of see what you guys were about. And he was like, well, she's 12. And I guess I'll start you know, introducing her to games now. Like, I figured this is a good age. And we just kind of like looked at each other. We didn't say anything yet. And he was like, yeah, I just didn't know, you know, women gamed, didn't know that was a thing. And, um, you know, we were like, we've been gaming since we were three, since we were five. Um, One of the women that was there is actually an engineer. She's like, you know, I've been gaming since forever. And, you know, we're like, we have, You know, like in the eyes of society, we have good careers, you know, we're educators, uh, we're in logistics, we're, you know, you know, kind of like pillars of society, one would say in terms of like citizens, right? And I'm like, we were all gamers. So I don't understand why that stigma still exists, but it does. It's alive and well.
0: You know why? It's because nobody's doing a show like mine. No one's actually just spotlighting the fact that gamers are normal people with careers, with jobs, with businesses who like, if you have other people who'd like to be on the show to talk about what they do and showcase the fact that, you know, you are pillars of society, please send them my way. I'd be more than happy to spotlight anybody.
1: It's funny. Cause I was just on a show last week. <laughs> so I was in a women in gaming, uh, uh, panel, just on Tuesday, and I was in a Black Voices in Gaming panel the previous week. So it's not that the conversations aren't happening. I think what it is, is is just that it's not always hitting the right audience every single time. Um, but more and more conversations like this are happening now, which makes me so happy um, to see that, like, people are starting to kind of see that this is something that's not only out there but it's respectable um i didn't know that jobs in the gaming industry were open for someone like me and when i say that i mean um a black latin woman i I didn't know that um growing up i know it now because i've been in those forums and i've heard those recruiters say we want Uh, people of color. We want more women in the industry. How do we get those people? And, you know, they'll ask me like, Hey, how do we get someone like you in the industry? And I, and I'll, you know, plainly say, I'm like, you have to invest to want people like me in the industry. If you want to do that, you have to, you know, put in the, the, the funds for training, or at least, you know, market it for people like me. You have to actually be blatant in your, um job description and say we're wanting women, we're wanting people that are diverse to come and apply for these jobs. Otherwise we won't know that they exist. Um, so that is just something that I've been learning more and more this year. And I'm so glad to have these conversations. I really am.
0: Absolutely. It I Emmy, mean, it was a genuine pleasure getting to have you on today. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: All right, and for everybody else, I'm gonna remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur.